Hi and welcome to a special episode of the Valent Podcast. As we continue to face uncertain times in light of coronavirus, we wanted to record an episode that looks at the importance of business resilience. One of the biggest concerns for installers at the moment is of course their finances. Financial support is only one piece of the puzzle, but it goes further than that, with many installers also wanting to know how they can remain productive during these times and adopt a resilient business mindset. So today I'm delighted to be joined remotely, of course, don't worry, by Carl Orman. Carl, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I worked as a family-based firm since, what, 1985. My mother and father set it up. Uh, Dad was ex-gas board. Um, obviously had enough of uh, stuff like that, set up his own business. There's only three of us, always have, has been. And yeah, we're based in Coventry. Lovely. I'm also joined by David Etheridge, the Managing Director at Gasman Energy. Hi, Dave. Would you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Hi, Simon. Uh, thanks for that. Um, my name's David Etheridge. I'm one of the directors of Gasman Energy. Uh, we're a plumbing, heating and electrical company in Glasgow. Uh, 14 engineers on the road. Uh, we've been going for just over 12 years. And we, we try to basically be a premium company so that we're offering a high-end service and high-end quality products to our customers. And last but not least, I've got Andy Taylor, Commercial Director at On The Tools. Welcome, Andy. Can we start off by uh, telling us a bit about yourself and, and your background and maybe your current role? Hi, Simon. Yeah, I'm Commercial Director at Electric House. Uh, we're a social media publisher. Um, one of our communities is On The Tools. That was our original community. Um, we originally set that up to support um, a recruitment app that we had an idea for uh, within within construction, uh, but it just snowballed um, far better than we ever planned. And we ended up with well, we've currently got four point over four point five million social media followers, all based around construction. Um, we work with brands who want to reach that community, and we create original content ourselves. Thanks, Andy. So, guys, hey, twenty twenty, what a year, eh? I mean, if it's any, if you're anything like me, I was looking forward to a really successful year. It was all going really well at the beginning, super busy, and then bang, it all just went went off, didn't it? Straight into lockdown. Um, I mean, what's the past past few months been like for for you, Andy, specifically? I mean, you're a, you're a big business, aren't you? Yeah, we've got uh, 64 members of the team, so I guess we're, we're a fairly large organisation these days. Uh, it's been a roller coaster, to be honest, Simon. Um, there's been ups, there's been downs. We've had to be agile, flexible. Um, we took the decision um, fairly early on to furlough some of the team because we have a lot of videographers and production yeah. um, team members, uh, and, and literally they couldn't go out and create content anymore. Um, we furloughed about 19 out of 64. Um, but as a business, we've kept our head above water. We've sort of um, been at break-even point for the last yeah. couple, um, for sort of April and May. For us, because On The Tools is our biggest community and, and we work with most brands through there, we've seen that uplift of when the boots on the ground were back at it. Um, then those brands have come back looking to market. So that, that, that's been good for us. Yeah, of course. And, you know, David, Carl, I mean, what's your experience has been like, guys? Uh, just been very strange, very challenging. It's um, just out on the roads and stuff like that. I mean, both the lads decided to furlough them. Uh, furlough my wife now takes the role of my my mum. Yeah. In the office, I had to furlough her as well. Uh, so I was sort of like almost a one man band. Uh, I couldn't furlough myself financially because of the business. So it was um, yeah, I had to sort of keep plodding on and trying to keep myself safe while uh, keeping the business going. Yeah, I mean, 2020 has been a, a topsy weird year so far. Um, everything was going well, January, February, 
really building um, on top of the TV advert out the tail end of last year and we were noticing really, really good gains from it. Um, and as it was, March ended up being our best financial month in our history. Um, even in, right up until the 23rd of March, I think everybody was getting ready for the the big lockdown, as, as it was called eventually. Um, but overnight, as a director of a company, I had to all of a sudden know what furlough meant, self-isolation. It was things you never expect to, to deal with as a, an engineer. Um, and then becoming a director of a company, all of a sudden you're expected to know all these things. And it's it was just crazy. Um, but over the last four or five months, um, we've never shut. Um, just continued to work through it safely, following the different guidelines that came out. And uh, to be honest with you, we've kind of prospered through it. Um, still got one or two members of staff on furlough, but they're part-time furlough. Um, so they're working a few days here, a few hours there, um, and just kind of trying to, to come back to normal as quickly as possible. Yeah, was you, was you able to get the help? I mean, you mentioned that you had to work out, you know, what furlough is about and how it all works for your staff. I mean, where do you go for help for that? Um, well, we have a... Um, external HR company um, called Peninsula, who were, were fantastic at the start of it, um, kind of helped us out, because like I say, I don't think anyone had really heard the furlough until the 23rd of March. Um, did as much online research as we could. Um, we are obviously based in Scotland, so the Scottish Government guidelines were slightly different to the rest of the UK, um, and at one point in particular, their advice was totally different to what gas safe advice was in terms of gas safety checks, etc. So that was a massive grey area, and for the first two to three weeks, we were really just kind of going on what was what was safe and making calls on every single job. David, sorry, yeah. uh, the work you said you carried on. That's really interesting. Uh, from my perspective did yeah. you was it emergency stuff that you were doing or planned sort of upgrades and things so in answer to your question andy the majority of the work was emergencies um and until we gained such advice that we couldn't carry out safety inspections then we were still carrying them out at that point because it was such a gray area um we had landlords saying we need this done. We had tenants saying we don't want this done. So it was every job was was different, even if it was just something as simple as a gas safety check. We were looking at every job individually at that point. Right. It was it was hard, wasn't it? I mean, with the gas safety checks, we we decided we furloughed both lads and my wife says, right, we'll just do purely essential work. So boiler services, gas, like you said, with the gas safety certifications, it was a bit of a, a grey area. So we always would touch base and we sent out like a, a protocol of what I would be doing, what I'd expect, and people just you know, stand away from the, you know, sort of knock on the door, let you in. Um, a majority, I don't know if you found the same, the gas safeties, I'd say probably 90, 95% of them, you know, were, were achieved. But like I say, it wasn't until June the 1st, I, I went back to doing jobs that were, we're non-essential, if you like. Yeah, um, we were quite fortunate that um, with regards to the homeowners and tenants, etc., we were um, using our office staff to preempt them and social distancing. The response was good. You were always going to have people that don't want you in the house, which is totally understandable um, at that point. And I wouldn't say we were as high as 90, 95%. We were, were probably getting two out of every three were willing for us to come in when they understood that a safety check, specifically for landlords, a safety check is a, is basically could save their life with gas leaks, carbon monoxide, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, it was 
testing times, but we're kind of getting back to normal now in terms of people are allowing us in their property for non-essential work and have been for a wee while, but it's the, the PPE and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, I mean, Carl, I mean, I know that uh, David's mentioned that he already had uh, um, an element of PPE in place and p- potentially had a, an external HR company he could go to. I mean, it must have really hit you hard as a tr- successful traditional smaller business. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, I've, I've been with my dad during the recession, obviously, about 12, 13 years ago. But this was like nothing else. You know, no one ever experienced it. My dad was saying, oh, it's just a bit like the recession. And I was so, dad, it isn't. It's, it is in some ways, but it, it was just the unknown. And like I said, with the PPE, straight away, it's so hard to get anything. I mean, the customers played their part as well. In general, they were all pretty spot on. They followed all the guidelines themselves, and that's what really helped. I think that's been the thing throughout it all. It's just the uncertainty of, of what's going to happen. I mean, hopefully, uh, it seems to be um, coming to a bit of a close, well, a bit of normality now, isn't it, you know, in, out there in the marketplace. I suppose we've had a little bit of time to pause and reflect. I mean, have you taken this time to sort of look into your own businesses and anything that you do slightly different now moving forward, you know? Uh, for me, I'd, I've looked at it and my dad was the sort of old-fashioned work as hard as you can uh for as many hours as you can and i think looking back to what's gone here i'd like to sort of spend a bit more time with my family and try and i've tried to make a lot of the processes leaner with the help of my wife uh, and look through and get everything running as smoothly as possible and not missing out on things like services with a small business it's hard to find that time uh, from my point of view i've not really had a chance to pause and reflect at any point during this pandemic it's just been um head down and go for it and just make sure that there's a business to come back to. Um, if you're not physically working in terms of doing a job or organising a job, etc., you're online looking at things like furlough and bounce-back loans and government grants, etc. So I understand the time to pause and reflect if you're not working, but from my side of things, I've, I've literally not stopped since January um, because at the end of the day, there's got to be a business here for the staff to come back to at the end of the, the pandemic. Yeah, and I think, I mean, maybe Andy, you know, is is anything in your business? I mean, is there any advice you can give to the guys about maybe something that you've done? One thing that I would uh, have encouraged people that have paused is to reassess their marketing and social media has never been more active because people are at home, because people have had time on their hands. Um, you know, all of our social media channels have seen increased uh, engagement, increased views of video content. And, and therefore, there's an opportunity for people to still be active for, uh, on your own uh, social media for free, essentially, if you've got the time on your hands to start creating content on there and, and mapping yeah. your journey and stuff like that and, and staying in people's minds. Uh, and there's lots of things that people can do from a, from a trade perspective. Is I always uh, find that these um, Facebook buy and sell groups, there's usually one in your area. Uh, to be hanging around in there because it's you know almost every day people are asking for different trades in there for recommendations and things yeah. like that, uh, and they can be a, a little honeypot for free opportunities uh, for tradespeople. So just being active around social, I think, is is a good idea for everybody at the moment. No, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean. Profits obviously taken a hit for every business. Um, I don't think there's going to be a business in the UK that's not taken a bit of a hit on the bottom line. Um, so, I mean, David, really, have you got any advice for people listening to the podcast about how to kind of try and maximise their, their, their returns? Um, yes. Actually, the best bit of advice I could give somebody is something you told me, Simon. Oh, if you remember. Eight, I'll, I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, 
18 months or so ago when uh, you came up for a flying visit to Glasgow, you were talking about pre-qualifying, etc. And we were talking about, at that point, it was just boilers because we were doing a lot of quotes and you were getting time wasters, cost, etc. Um, during the pandemic, um, part of the homeowner advice email that we got from yourselves to send out was actually about how we would try and do video calls, etc. And, and try and keep visits to property to a minimum. So we noticed pretty much from the end of March when this all kicked off, we were getting inquiry after inquiry after inquiry online. And we started um, pre-qualifying everything from a shower repair to a boiler repair to a drip and tap. And basically just saying, look, this is how much it's going to be minimum. If you're happy enough to proceed, please let us know your availability, your address, contact details, etc. And that's it. And in that way, you're only going to a job if you're physically going to put money in your pocket. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Um, if you lose a job because of, could be somebody's just got a better reputation or they've, they've made up a, a friendship with that uh, company, that's fair enough. But I'm just not prepared to go to a job now where you're, you're not going to get a job because of not making money out of it. It's just not worth it. So no, it's really important, yeah. Really important. Pre-qualify your customer. Give them an idea of what they're going to have to pay to to use your service. And Carl, I suppose um, being a smaller business in its own right, I suppose profit versus customer services are really important balance, isn't it? Because you will have customers that you've dealt with for years and years. Maybe your father dealt with them. Um, so you've, you you want to look after the guys, don't you? But I mean, you need to make money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, all all through the what's going on here i mean we didn't uh think right okay i haven't got as many jobs in i'll tweak the prices up obviously i still had to charge as as i would do anyway but going back to what like david says we've done obviously not as big a scale as as himself but we do a lot of things uh, similar with whatsapp so if someone sends a request in i need this job doing Okay, send over a picture. I can give you a ballpark sort of figure between you know, a small range there because you can't obviously see all of it just from a, a photograph compared to obviously like David with the videos. Just to try and so otherwise, it can be a busy fall. You can travel around for six, seven hours a day. The family needs you at home yeah. uh, with all the rest that's going on. And you come back and you've done an hour's work and earn maybe 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, of course, yeah. And yeah. it's just a waste of time. But, uh, but also, sort of looking around and shopping around for materials um just trying to get everything sort of a little bit tighter in all sort of departments as well was was the main thing while keeping the customers happy but a lot of them were grateful to see you because they hadn't seen anyone for sometimes a month six weeks eight weeks not even their own family um so it, customers were really sort of pleased to see you anyway so, Andy, you're obviously the head of a, a large, successful business. Have you got any tips out there for the guys on how you can improve their profitability? Yeah, I think it's always um, about confidence in what you're doing and confidence in your pricing and the value that you offer. Um, I've actually got a trade example. I've got a really good mate of mine who's a tree surgeon, and um, they're rushed off their feet. They haven't got space for, for more um, customers, but they continue marketing because they want that feeling of abundance. Yeah. Because as soon as you get to the point where you're desperate for where the next job is coming from, that's when you start to cut your prices uh, and you end up in this race to the bottom. So I think it's about standing firm, having confidence in, in your product, the service that you offer, and then you can maintain that price point. And, and like David has said, you know, it's, it's working out what your costs actually are. Um, and then you can remain, retain that level of profitability. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, that sort of brings me on to the point of motivation because it is very hard, isn't it, to think, right, I've just got to keep going out there trying to get the work in. Um, how do you guys keep yourselves motivated? Um, making sure there's food on the table, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate, isn't it? But also, I'm beer in your glass. Yeah, all day, yeah. all day long, all day long. Yeah. I think it's always a sense of pride as well, though. I think um, just as um, Carl was just saying there about that level of service that you give, that you're proud to do what you do, uh, you know, and, and that you feel that you're doing the best for your customer. And you know, mine it tends to be more corporate customers, but. Uh, if you can go home at the end of the day, or not even, we're home all day, every day these days, but at the end of your working day, if you felt you've given everything you could uh, and provided the best level of service, then I think that's motivation in itself to, to get up and do that again the next day. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me personally, for, for motivation, there's two things outside of the monetary side of things, which at the end of the day, we can all say it's not, but uh, let's make what makes the world go round. Um, the two things that keep me going is... The, the brand, we started this from nothing and it's a pride thing seeing the logo, the brand, the the vans with the private plates, all the engineers lined up with their uniform, all the feedback coming back, all the reviews online. It, it makes you proud at the end of the day. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It does make you proud. Um, another thing is, again, from a personal point of view, we've got a, a 5, 10, 15 year plan with the business. So that's our motivation. The goals that we've set is where we want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Obviously, 2020's probably put us back a wee bit. Um, but going back to what we were talking about a minute ago with um, kind of profitability, etc. we were very fortunate that last year we sat down with a profitability expert and he kind of gave us um, Excel spreadsheets. Very, very simple, very, very basic. But you work out your overheads to start with, what you need, what you don't need to run your business anything don't need chop it get rid of it and then you have your cost that's what you need to hit and then from there it's working it out per month per week per day per hour so all through coronavirus with all the different things that were going on we've still been able to to make a profit purely because we've had it all in a very simple excel spreadsheet yeah but you can sit there each day and go right today i made x amount tomorrow i need to make x amount blah 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 so i really would give that as a massive piece of advice to anyone is a uh, know what you need to make. Do not just be out there trying to put cash in the bank for the sake of it because you could work all the hours under the sun to be a busy fool. Yeah, and I think that's really important, yeah, and it's it's so important, especially more now than it's ever been. And I yeah, think, exactly. you know, it's, it's what, what we want to get out of... of the podcast to the people that listen is that real strong piece of advice which is exactly that David isn't it understand how you're making money understand your costs and just make sure that you are providing for everybody and, and doing it well so you've you've all got some staff um and you know keeping yourselves motivated is really really important through through tough times how do you do that for you for your employees well I've tried to like just communicate all the time with them just you know even though they're not working just chatting to them, letting them, you know, reassuring them, yeah, the business is okay, uh, things are still going all right. Obviously, you'll be coming back as soon as I know more. It again, just bottom line was communication, making them feel wanted, even though they weren't in work, was just keep them up to date with everything, reassuring them more than anything. So, you know, uh, while the lads, he's got a family and he's got, uh, got uh, a one-year-old, yeah. So he was obviously quite worried with stuff like that. So just just reassuring and communicating on a, a weekly basis still. 
Yeah, I think communication's been a key key for me as well. Um, if anything, we've over communicated. So we have uh, a full team meeting every morning. We have another full team meeting uh, at the end of the day. Um, it's a great way of checking in on people to make sure they're okay um, and to um, check on the productivity because you're not in the same yeah, office as of them um, and set some sort of targets for the day and stuff like that. But what we've done is... Um, you know, when we've had commercial wins and brought on new clients and stuff like that, I think we've probably celebrated and supported each other more. We've, we've really enjoyed the wins because they've, they've probably been a bit sweeter in the current climate. Yeah, um, from my side of things, um, it's tried to lead by example. Um, basically, making sure that the staff that are still working, I'm not asking them to put them in a position I wouldn't put myself in. So it was going out and doing jobs, emergency call-outs, etc., etc., Um just so that they could see, well, if, if David's doing it, we can do it kind of thing. Um, and then for the staff that have been furloughed um, and are slowly but surely coming back, it was just talking to them, um, making sure, first of all, that they were safe, having that kind of personal touch, making sure that they and their families were safe and answering any questions they might have at that point, and then just slowly but surely bringing them back. It's the mental health thing, I think, Ray, wasn't it? With uh, a lot of them, like I said, I mean, one of our lads is 21, but mentally he still struggled with it. You know, three months of not doing anything, he struggled. And the, the other lads, uh, I mean, the case 35, but having a nine-month-old as, as she was going into lockdown and having the mother-in-law living with him for the past four months <laughs> has taken a mental strain on him. You can imagine, <laughs> can't you? Great thing. So guys, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got some questions that came in through all our Valent social media channels. So what I want to do is go through a few questions and, um, and let's see if we can help some guys out, guys and girls out. So question number one, um, Carl, you can, you can hit this one. How do you protect yourself on site? Well, we have sanitizer in the vans, hand sanitizer. So straight away, as soon as I turn up at any job, sanitize all my hands. We got, Valent were very good actually. Uh, must thank them for that. They sent out all the complimentary packs uh, through Advance, which was uh, absolute godsend. Um, obviously, gloves, mask, and then again we had the sprays from uh, the vent kit. Knocking on the door, standing back, and we're just again going back to preempting customers. So saying to them, "Look, this is what we want want to do. Make sure whatever we've got to get to, we don't want to be moving stuff. I want to be coming in." just touching the appliance that I need to get to, especially like the gas safeties. I don't want to be going underneath someone's stairs and like taking out the clothes, the hoover, and what else yeah. is underneath there. Brilliant, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I've got a question, Andy. This one might be a nice one for you. So uh, we've got a, um, a customer that wants to know about uh, card readers. So if you go anywhere nowadays, people are saying, look, can you use card and things like that. Have you ever done any work with your, with your guys about um, who uses card readers and whether they're a good thing? Uh, my wife uses one actually. She's uh, she works in the beauty industry. Well, uh, is hoping to work again in the beauty industry. Yeah. She's, uh, she has her own business, and um, uh, she's she's used a couple. So they're all pretty much of a muchness. Um, you don't want to pay any more. From what I think, about twenty pounds for the unit to start with, and then the the, the charges that they charge you are, are pretty small, less than two percent, um, and are pretty close to each other. I think she used to have one called Sum Up. Uh, but moved to one called Square, um, and she prefers that because there's a bit more analytics available through it, and and also um, she says it pays her about a day quicker, which which, Good, yeah, that's, which, <laughs> which is the most important, yeah, thing. quite important, yeah. So there's a few on the market, um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't pay any more than about twenty pounds for the unit for sure. Carl, this is a good one. How can I get my customers to pay on time? 
In a diplomatic, in a diplomatic way, yeah. yeah that's not a, that's not a Corona problem, is it? That's a, yeah. it's um, dot. I mean, Touchwood. I mean, we've always been quite fortunate that I can only think of probably, like I said, in all the time my dad's had the business, I think four or five customers in total that have is uh, struggled or take to small planes. But I think like with uh, the online systems, like uh, when we use uh, QuickBooks, but if you set your terms on there to say, you know, seven days, especially with the way it is now, I mean, you don't really want to be waiting 28 days for a payment. So we've always said payment on completion or payment within seven days. Uh, but I, I don't think there's a lot more. I mean, the other guys will probably have a bit more, I hope not, <laughs> experience of people, a customer's not paying. But uh, I think usually once you get it sort of set out there and it's in an email and it's got it all down on there, there can't be any other reason not to pay. And the thing is, bank details are on there now. So it's not like the old days where, oh, I've just got to get a check from the building society or I haven't got any cash on me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so there's no excuse really for being slow. And like um, you were saying about card readers as well, people can put it on credit cards. So there's no real reason. I think you have to ask them maybe beforehand, you know, how would you prefer to pay bank transfer and stuff like that. But apart from that, there's not really much experience, thank God, I've had to had with that. Brilliant. Um, I've got one from myself, actually. How hard is it to turn down a cup of tea from a customer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the biscuits. How about, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite, I mean, it seemed like today I've been out working this morning and customers are starting to so, sort of say, do you want a cup of coffee? Do you want a cup of tea? And I've just been taking around, a, I've got a big two-litre bottle of water. Cups of tea, coffee. I hate knocking that back, but... You ha for us at the moment you have to because as much as anything what we're very aware of is um, we're jumping out of vans that are well liveried with a logo or name etc and we're going into people's houses so if you're seen to be walking and chopping somebody's door without gloves and a mask on or taking a cup of tea all it needs is somebody to take a picture of that and it's all over social media and we are very aware of that as a, a brand and a company that you've you've got to make sure that you're seen to be doing everything that's possible. So so guys, I mean we're we're out of lockdown now, near enough uh, across the whole of the UK. Uh, how do you feel the business is going to be like moving forwards now towards the end of the year? It's been been busy. I mean, I think people being at home, they've looked to their own houses and thought, yeah. right, we need to crack on with this, crack on with that, and not in a disrespectful way to to people but a lot of people have been I mean, even like the two lives of me okay yes they've been taken we've done it as 80 percent. but then the tax and national insurance is paid for uh also you're not going out spending the money you're not using fuel in your car so a lot of people aren't i shouldn't say as a general generalization but a lot of people aren't really that much worse off in that way and they're spending the money on their houses uh so i mean we've got to catch up with a lot of our boiler services because i wasn't doing any through april and may so we'll catch up with that. And the amount of people that want additional work doing on their, their homes, builders are as busy as, as ever, it seems. Um, and I think you, you saw it from a DIY perspective when they sort of opened up the, the big DIY sheds open up again. The people were queuing around the block to get into them because they wanted to crack on with stuff. And I, and I don't see that being a let up. And I think the other big uh, bonus for uh, tradespeople is the stamp duty, um, removal of stamp duty to yeah. try and kickstart the housing market. Yeah. Because uh, I've got a friend who was buying a house anyway, 
uh, and all of a sudden they've got another five thousand pounds in their pocket because they haven't got to pay the stamp duty and you know people being people they're going to want to spend it because they'll either spend it on furnishing the house or decorating or you know all, all those things um that they might have put on hold because they've just bought a house uh all of a sudden they feel a bit of uh, cash burning a bit of, uh, in their pockets and um i think they'll spend it on on the houses themselves and um, we've noticed a, a massive increase in our finance packages so we can offer up to 10 years finance or two years zero percent and i think a lot of people are they, they might not have the full amount but like you said with holidays etc they want that job done in the house whether it's a boiler a radiator a bathroom a rewire um and one way or another they'll find the the money and because we can offer the finance we've it's a crazy amount of money we've done over the last couple of months in finance alone so i think that's a lot of people are spending money in our figures for for july eh, sorry june weren't far off what we did last year so it is definitely starting to get back to normal brilliant yeah no and that's good and that's really encouraging for everybody to hear isn't it absolutely so when it comes to bouncing back and i'll go through you um I'll, I'll speak to each on this one but when it comes to bouncing back what's your number one tip for people listening so andy um, give us your number one tip for businesses that just really need to get over whatever situation it's been. Um, mine's always going to be marketing. You know, I firmly believe yeah. in, in what we do. I want yeah. people to uh, utilise, uh, to shout about their businesses. Um, I think there's three three ways of approaching this kind of situation as a business. One, one is to just close down, almost shut up shop, almost be like a hedgehog rolling into a ball and hope it all blows over. Uh, one is to come out all guns blazing and, and tell the shout about the world and your products and services. And I actually think that the least resilient will be the ones in, who get stuck in the middle yeah, and don't know whether to go or not. Almost like, you know, um, on the, on the edge of a road where there's a cross or not, and they don't know whether to spend money on marketing or, or to, or to pull back and they'll get caught halfway between until they'll have spent their expenditure will be medium, to, but their income will be lower and, and they'll get stuck in the sort of, um, the crossfire of the situation. So my advice um, would be to, to be strong and, and sort of evidence from the, the last recession showed that the brands that invested in marketing were the ones that came out of it quicker. Yeah, and I think you were saying as well, yeah, make the choice, make the decision. Yeah, don't get stuck in the middle. Yes, don't dilly-dally on it sort of thing and get stuck. Absolutely. David, number one tip. Uh, nice and simple. Make your customers aware that you are operating you're fully open you're adhering to all social media uh, sorry social distancing rules and regs um and put that on every single platform that it's probably possible to put it on whether it's digital paper so if you're in any of local magazines change your advert to say you are working you are wearing your ppe etc make your customers know that you're available to go out for them to spend their money on you and I think from your guys' perspective, giving them that confidence, that's what you talk about, the PP is that confidence that they're going to act safely. We know what we're doing. You're in safe hands is, is really important. Yeah. Your customers need to know that 100%. Um, we were really big in that right from the very start. Um, so is it customers or prospective customers knew that we were operating safely and more importantly, we were open. Um, the amount of work that we got off of competitors because they hadn't updated websites or weren't answering the phone etc was was unreal we've inherited an absolute mass of customers through this purely because we picked the phone up replied to emails and put it on every platform we could that we were open for business and carl hit me with your number one tip 
Well, I think Andy and David absolutely nailed it between the two. I mean, it's making people aware. That's it. You've got to make sure marketing-wise, I mean, it doesn't need to cost anything as uh, such. I mean, you know, if you're, you're still struggling, I've got a few friends uh, self-employed and have really struggled through this and had to get part-time jobs out of it. Just getting your, your sort of name out there, you know, your Facebooks, your neighbour next door, stuff like that. Even uh, leaflet drops, people at home a bit more. I know it's a bit old-fashioned, things like that, but it's also letting people know that the, uh, we've, yeah, you're still open, you're still following a protocol. Uh, going back to like what, what David just said then, you know, people need to know. We picked up a lot of work again because we... You know, answered emails promptly, uh, phone calls, where some people weren't and they lost business through it. Hey guys, well, we've got a bit of airtime left. So how's about a shameless plug? Who wants to go in first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, if you're in the trade, check out on the tools across social media, whether that's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok these days. I don't really understand it myself, but we're on there as well. So check out on the tools. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, first of all, thanks very much for inviting me on. Um, secondly, um, any other plumbing and heating companies out there, give us a wee follow on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, I love having a chat about anything boiler-related. Um, and massive thanks to Valiant again for, for helping us through the pandemic. Um, the homeowner guidance and even just speaking to some of you guys on the phone was a massive help. Thank you. Well, I'd just like to say thanks uh, to Simon and all the Valiant team. Thoroughly enjoyed, even if I was a little bit nervous uh, with the podcast. But uh, like I said, hopefully the family business, Midland Domestic Services and Coventry can keep on going from strength to strength. And ever need anything, we've got the nice personal touch, or we'll just give us a call. Although things have been difficult for many people this year, and there are probably some larger challenges to come, it's important to remember we're all in this together. And by working together, we can ensure this industry is supported at this tough time whether that be financially or with online learning or even mental well-being, these are things that will all be really important for now and for the foreseeable future.